everybody. Welcome to today's edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. Today I'm here with Suresh Shanmugam from Sama Capital. Suresh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Saramana. Pleasure to join you today. All right. So uh, what we're going to do is get to know you through this call and help our entrepreneurs in particular get to know how you think about investments. So tell us about your fund. Tell us about how, what your investment focus is. How big is the fund? What size investments do you like to make? Let's just get uh, the basics set and then we'll, we'll figure out where to focus the conversation. Sure. So uh, Sama Capital is an India-focused uh, venture firm. We actually got our start uh, back in 2006 when the team was part of Silicon Valley Bank. So we were uh, the you know India team uh, that was at SVB and you know raised a pool of capital in 2006-2007 and uh, you know began our investment journey there. Uh, we primarily early stage investors. Uh, we have uh, since uh, spun out of Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, that happened in 2012. And we rebranded under the name Sama Capital. And we've raised uh, three funds under the Sama Capital name, our most recent one being Sama Capital 4, which uh, is a $100 million fund that we just uh, you know, wrapped up uh, about 45 days ago. And what size investments do you like to make? So our initial check size will vary. Uh, if we're doing something at the seed level, which we'll do on, uh, on an opportunistic basis, it'll be in mm-hmm. the half a million to a million range. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, we're more uh, apt to do pre-Series A and Series A investments that are in the two to four million range. Okay. And uh, what about industry sector? What do you like to invest in? So from an industry standpoint, one thing that we've always been very committed to is uh, – being fairly uh, diversified from a sector standpoint. We uh, have invested across the, the, uh, a broad range of industries. You know, all of our investments have a strong India connection to them. And yeah. uh, part of the thesis is you know, benefiting from the economic growth that's happening in India. Uh, so we've invested in you know, a wine company in Sula Wines. We've invested in e-commerce. We've enter- uh, invested in enterprise software. We've invested in education. So it's a, it's a fairly broad range of uh, opportunities that fall within our mandate. So let's double-click down on some of your portfolio companies. What have you invested in? And what was the thinking behind those investments? So this will give our audience an insight into how you look at deals, what, you know, what captures your fancy. And then if you've had exits, you can also talk about exits because in India, the exit Question is a big question. Of course, today we are speaking uh, a day after a major event on the exit yes, front. Yes, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Flipkart being acquired I, I by guess the initial annu- The official announcement uh, ha- happened, although it's been you know, rumored for, for a number of weeks now. Uh, great to get the, yeah. the confirmation. Right. But uh, you know, if I take a look at across our portfolio, uh, you know, a couple of the companies in Fund One to give you a flavor of uh, some of the things we have invested in. You know, we were an early investor in Paytm back when it was still a mobile value-added services company. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the things that attracted us to that uh, business was really the founder, and I think that's a theme that you'll find across uh, the investments that we've made. Uh, you know, we just thought uh, the world of uh, 
Vijay Shaker Sharma and his enthusiasm and his uh, honestly vision on you know what you know he could build and you know build in India and you know we were a Series A investor there uh, with our initial check coming in uh, early 2007. So it, it's been obviously a, a, a long uh, time and a you know a, a strong uh, journey with him and you know really the the uh, pivot happened there in the 2011-2012 timeframe where Vijay took it from a you know a mobile vast company to the payments and that's led to the you know tremendous uh, growth and you know market cap uh, uh, market value creation that's happened over the, uh, the last four or five years. So, um, so I understand that in 2007, it was really betting on Vijay as the entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. How long did you stay in that company in terms of did you seek an exit somewhere along the way? Where, at what, what, what's been your uh, evolution with that company? So we actually have uh, exited a, a good portion of our position. We, uh, you know, uh, the company, I think probably a year and a half ago, uh, split into three different pieces, and we had ownership in all three pieces as a result. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what we did was we sold off the piece that contained, uh, you know, the payments business, you know, the, the Paytm wallet that everybody's uh, familiar with. And mm-hmm. uh, But we maintained uh, ownership in one of the other entities uh, called Paytm Mall, which is the e-commerce side. So yeah. we remain uh, invested, although we've monetized a substantial portion of our investment in the company. Okay. So um, aside from Paytm, what have been other companies that you've invested in? And please focus the discussion on IT and IT-enabled services, which is the bulk of our work. I, I do sure. remember when you guys were getting started, uh, I had lunch with Ash, and he told me about your investment in Sula, and he was very excited about it and all of that. I'm sure those are great stories. But for this conversation, let's focus on the IT side. Sure. So uh, I think that another company that we were early investors in with a similar theme was Tudor Vista. Uh, so we had backed uh, Ganesh and Srini Ganesh. back in 2006. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ganesh is somebody that we had, I guess, indirectly backed uh, when he was uh, doing, you know, customer asset because um, SCB had made an investment in Jump Startup, uh, which had invested in uh, customer asset. Yeah, mm-hmm. SCB back, uh, back in those days, we had the ability to make strategic investments uh, in funds, you know, kind of to obviously get access to uh, the portfolio and the upside, but also to you know, build relationships with the uh, the GPs of the firms. So we obviously knew Ganesh and he knew us and uh, we got introduced and after one meeting we kind of said we would love to invest and he said, listen, I've known you guys for years, uh, would welcome the opportunity for you guys to participate and uh, uh, work with the company. And uh, so as a result, we, we were given the opportunity to invest as shareholders and, you know, Ganesh still likes to tell the story to this day of uh, he didn't he had never really spent time in the valley and when he needed to raise his Series B round he parked in the SUV office and you know had a number of firms that uh, you know uh, Ash and I had introduced uh, him to to kind of really help bring that round together. So again, uh, while we were very interested in the uh, online tutoring opportunity that he was uh, building, we really liked the fact that it was Ganesh and you had a uh, serial successful uh, tech entrepreneur at the helm. Mm-hmm. 
And what about more recent ones? What's uh, what's happening in the more recent years? Uh, so yeah, uh, so in terms of uh, you know uh, more recent companies, maybe you know going to Fund Two, you know one uh, tech company in Fund Two, uh, one of several actually, was we were investors in Snapdeal, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, we had came into that company in. Uh, I think 2013, out of our second fund, the first Sama vehicle. And, uh, you know, we, again, we met with uh, Kunal and Rohit and kind of really liked what they were doing. It was a difficult time in the e-commerce world. Uh, And we really, uh, you know, took a liking to what they were doing and how they were thinking about the business. And I think we came in at a good time with uh, a round that was being led by, you know, eBay. I think Intel Capital was participating and that was really kind of as, uh, you know, e-commerce as we know it was really starting to take off. And, you know, again, thought it was a good sector. It was out of favor. Uh, so we were making a contrarian bet. And uh, we, it, it worked out, you know, phenomenally well for us. We actually and what year was that? Uh, we actually invested in, I think, uh, 2013. 2013, okay. Um, and... Did you exit that one? We did exit that one in uh, actually uh, 2015, October of 2015. We sold our shares in a, sec- yeah, in a secondary transaction to uh, Ontario Teachers. That's interesting because uh, that company has gone in a different direction since then. And I, it seems like... Um, actually, why don't you talk about what you see in that, in that situation, and, and, and that would give us a good segue into a trend discussion on Indian e-commerce, especially given all the shifts that are happening there. What, what is your current observation analysis of the Indian e-commerce market? Oh, so, uh, so I think, you know, um, on the Snapio front, I mean, in some ways it's, uh, you know, it's been almost three years since we, we exited. And, you know, we felt we had a great opportunity uh, to provide returns to our investors. Uh, The company performed very well um, in line or even a little ahead of what uh, we had underwritten to as as an investment uh, in our investment memo. And, you know, we kind of saw the the market really being frothy on the e-commerce front. You know, when you have the type of funding activity and the valuations being discussed and, you know, uh, we had – several folks that were interested in our position and, um, you know, Ontario teachers uh, was very aggressive about uh, wanting to, you know, buy out our stake uh, actually at a very good price. In fact, a premium to the uh, primary round that had just closed. And, you know, Ash and I having the benefit of spending a lot of time in the U S uh, kind of know how these, these cycles uh, run their course. And we knew on the other side of the, you know, uh, a bubble, like period that we were going through that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, uh, damaged companies that are left behind. And, yeah. you know, we didn't think that Snapdeal was necessarily going to be that, but we knew that there was, there was going to be a downdraft that would affect all the companies. And we felt, listen, uh, our jobs are to deliver returns to our investors and we had the opportunity to do so. Uh, and, you know, the time was right and it would certainly um, validate our, uh, investment uh, approach. Uh, it would obviously help us in raising our next pool of capital. And, you know, it was the right thing to do on a, on another number of fronts. And actually it helped bring a, 
uh, a deep-pocketed investor to the company. So there's a benefit for the company as well. So what happens to Snapdeal now, given the current scenario? Uh, you know, I've, I'm reading it in the press just like anybody else. Uh, it seems like they've significantly cut the burn rate. They've uh, uh, obviously trimmed the company back, and they are monetizing some of the assets that they have to help support uh, their cash position to allow them to stay at the table. So, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, they've sold Unicommerce or at least have an agreement to do so. They sold off, uh, I think, Vulcan Logistics. Uh, they sold off Free Charge. And I think, you know, again, I think Kunal and Rohit are very savvy uh, entrepreneurs and operators. And, you know, while it may not seem obvious what the, what the ultimate game is, you know, they're staying at the table. And my sense is they'll find a way to survive. And not only survive, I, I believe they'll thrive. Um, it just doesn't, you know, it, it isn't obvious uh, what the, what the uh, game plan is just yet to everybody on the outside. Give me your analysis of the Flipkart, Walmart, Amazon situation. Uh, you know, listen, I think India is still a prized market to be in. And, you know, there's a clear number one and, uh, you know, and a clear number two. And I think you have uh, Walmart that very, made a very bold move as part of their whole kind of push towards e-commerce uh, with, you know, beginning with the Jet.com acquisition to, uh, you know, be in the Indian market and be in it for the long haul with, a, you know, a, a major move to take uh, control of the number one player. And they, you know, they also fended off Amazon, which is no small thing to do. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's a great thing on a on a number of fronts. I think you've got a strategic exit, you have uh, a success story. I think you have people that are would be entrepreneurs that now see the value of what equity can become. Because you know, think about how many you know people's lives who've been uh, lives that have been changed by you know the success of Flipkart. You know, financially, you know, not just their immediate family, but potentially generations to come. Uh, it's a it's a great thing. I think it's a uh, watershed event and something that really validates the entrepreneurial path for people considering it, I think, uh, in India. Yeah, I, I have to say the this sort of an exit for, in, for the Indian market was absolutely necessary. Absolutely. Uh, I think if you had everything else lighting up, I mean, you have capital, you have smart entrepreneurs, you have technical talent, you have so many things. You know, to me, the one thing that was w missing was this kind of light ship uh, type event that really kind of uh, stands out as, listen, you know, you could be the, you know, can you become the next Flipkart? And, you know, Flipkart now is a reality from, a, from an exit and a, a realization of value creation. So if you were, of course, your primary business is in the small investment area. You're, you have a $100 million fund and you're, you're doing Series A, pre-Series A, maybe a little bit beyond kinds of deals. What is your current e-commerce strategy in terms of early stage investments? Um, I think from our standpoint, uh, we're certainly open to looking at e-commerce opportunities. I don't think there's much of an opportunity in horizontal plays because I think that game is over. You know who the winners are going to be. Um, but, you know, there are opportunities, I think, in, in vertical categories that uh, we will continue to, you know, 
uh, look at. I don't think we have a particular sector that uh, we believe is, you know, one that we're looking to make an investment in. But, you know, one of our uh, actually only remaining e-commerce investments is a company called Bluestone in Jewelry. You know, we were a, a Series A investor there. And, you know, that company continues to, to grow and develop. And, you know, the uh, market size for something like that is fairly, fairly huge. And what is the category? So I, uh, jewelry. Fine jewelry. Jewelry. Okay. All right. So my actually thesis on e-commerce investments, you know, our life is about early stage. Um, my uh, analysis of the Indian market for e-commerce going forward is actually private label brands. So mm-hmm. if, if in any niche, any category, you can come up with a branded e-commerce story that is an internet first brand and later on the channel brand, I think that is that is going to be a more defensible, more sustainable um, business building opportunity than any kind of pure logistics play. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, you know, I think uh, Blue Zone is in line with that thesis. It is a, you know, branded fine jewelry, you know, design forward, uh, you know, things that they manufacture themselves. It's, uh, again, it's, um, you know, it's not a, a trading business. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think part of the issue uh, we've had in the e-commerce category is mostly it has been trading and, and very little in actual uh, Branded product development. And Agreed. That's going to need to Agreed. Shift. So, um, a little bit more on the exit question on India. Sure. So this was, of course, a very big. Uh, the Walmart acquisition of Flipkart was a very big event, and it needed to happen. It has tremendous positives, tremendous validation of the India story, uh, India venture capital story. So it's all good in every direction. Uh, what about Otherwise, what what is your assessment of the exit scenario other, outside of the Flipkart deal? No, no, I think it's happening. I mean, uh, we uh, one of our portfolio companies from Fund One, a company called Sio Health Analytics, just announced uh, it's being acquired by EXL. So, a strategic exit for cash, uh, two hundred forty million dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. We were a Series A investor there, and this is actually. Uh, the fourth exit in our portfolio in 2018. Uh, so I think you're seeing it happen. And actually, three out of those four exits uh, are to strategics. Can you talk about so, those exits? Sure, sure. Uh, so the other one is a company called Mezzi. Uh, Mezzi is, is an AI company focused on travel. They were acquired by American Express. Mm-hmm. The other one uh, is a company called Mobilia. Uh, Mobilia was bought by uh, Quest Global, which is a services company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and you know, uh, our fourth exit, uh, we uh, were an investor in a company called Shubham Housing Finance, and we sold our position in a secondary sale. And what kind of, um, in the two cases where you talked about strategic exits, um, what kind of Capital infusion and what kind of exit prices are you seeing? My my question is that you described the two hundred forty million dollar exit. How much money went into that deal, and how much money went into the other deals, and what kind of price point did they exit at? Uh, so for um, Sio, uh, you know that company raised under thirty million dollars. 
25 million. I you know can't remember, but it was a, a very capital efficient. You know the company has been profitable for four plus years and you know highly profitable at that. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, you know very good uh, multiple on uh, the capital uh, invested. Uh, on uh, Mezzi, again the company ended. They did a financing that we participated in as a Series A in uh, the summer of 2016. And, you know, we exited in, you know, February of 2018. It was a $9 million raise, and they still had uh, a good portion of that cash on the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. And the exit price was? Uh, it was not disclosed. It was not disclosed, okay. So uh, can you give me a, a benchmark on was it an under $50 million exit, under $100 million? I mean, what, it's some range. Uh, over 100 Over 100 Okay. Fair enough. So nine million capital raise over a hundred million exit. What was the other one? Uh, we had a company called uh, Mobilia. Mm-hmm. And, and what was you the... know, they? Yeah. They they got bought by a company called uh, Quest Global, a uh, services company, and uh, again, very limited uh, uh, capital, uh, outside capital that went in. I think, you know, under four million bucks. Under four million bucks. Okay, great. And yeah. and the exit price was? Uh, not Range? disclosed. Range. Uh, uh, Twenty-five plus. Twenty-five plus. Okay, excellent. So you know the the other side of the this is that there is a bunch of um, you know like Nutanix acquired a company recently. Um, mm-hmm. That was a the company was doing four million yeah, in revenue. Yeah, Minjar, exactly. And they didn't have any financing. And then Qualys has acquired like three or four companies recently, also very small, uh, you know, very capital yeah, no, I think I think Minjar did have some financing. I think they had some angel money and, and I think very Bloom little. was also an investor. But it was a small amount. Very, very little, yeah, very little. So, so, so that's good. I think the, you know, the story that needs to come together for um, – for the ecosystem to really get the next level of boost is that there are a lot of acquisitions happening and a lot of exits happening. Because, you know, even here, the vast majority of exits are M&A exits. It's not IPOs. IPOs happen, but not not, not that many. So so the the strategic acquisition story just needs to come together and, and, and for everything to come flow, for the capital to continue to flow, or for the entrepreneurs to continue to be excited and so forth. So, so it's good. It's, it's, you know, it's a massive, you know, massive journey for the last 10 years. I, I started working on the Indian ecosystem and trying to, you know, shepherd, promote, whatever, uh, evangelize the Indian ecosystem back in 2005 through my blog. We started 1 million by 1 million in 2010. And it has mm-hmm. been, uh, you know, India has always been one of our biggest geographies and, and it has been a really interesting um, journey. Our roundtables are continuously full of Indian entrepreneurs and, and and more and more everybody is generating revenues. You know, that's the first step, right? And everything is like if you can generate revenues, a lot of other things can be worked out. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, uh, how do you parse uh, unicorn mania. 
India went a bit crazy for a while. Silicon Valley, of course, went crazy. But I, I had thought at that point that India was not going to go so crazy over this unicorn phenomenon, but it did. How do you how do you parse that? How do you analyze that? Uh, listen, I think you can see patterns across markets, and you know what happens in the U.S. Uh, you know does happen in India as well. So. Um, I do believe it, you know, it's not a surprise. Uh, and I think, you know, people put capital raising ahead of business building um, yep. because the money was available. And, you know, the valuations, uh, you know, people like big numbers, especially when there is monetary implications for them. So I think it became something that uh, was a bit of, uh, you know, maybe an ego boost. Uh, it was, you know, um, a way to benchmark uh, yourself versus others uh, for for the for the savvy entrepreneurs, but but again, you know, those are you know periods of time that are anomalous, and in some ways, I'm kind of glad we're we're past that phase because I think it separates out, you know, the entrepreneurs that are in it to build a company versus those that are in it to, you know, focus on the the optics of you know big numbers and uh, you know. You know, cursory success. So other than Snapdeal, were you in any other unicorn deal? I mean, you, you very smartly played Unicorn Mania in your favor and you sold your position in Snapdeal at the right time. I, I suspect a lot of others have not sold their unicorn positions at the right time and they're stuck with a bunch of zombies. And the entrepreneurs who have raised too much unicorn mode capital are stuck as zombies. What, what is the zombie phenomenon? Go ahead. We have two... You know, uh, unicorns in the portfolio, Snapdeal being one which we exited, and Paytm, which we've uh, largely Paytm exited. Paytm is fine, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, what is the extent of the zombie phenomenon in the because of unicorn at the wake of unicorn mania? Um, you know, there there are companies that are. Uh, I don't know whether I'd call them, you know, the Walking Dead, but. You know, they've got a lot of liquidation preference. They've raised a lot of money, yes. therefore there's a lot of liquidation preference sitting above the, the entrepreneurs. And in some ways, they have to ask themselves, okay, what's, uh, what's in it for me at this stage? Uh, right. Without a restructuring of uh, liquidation preference, you know, what am I really working for? I may own yeah. X percent of the company, but it's under, you know, uh, tens of millions or maybe even hundreds of millions of uh, liquidation preference. preference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, is there anything that you would like to say to the audience of entrepreneurs who might, may be interested in working with you as a parting comment? Uh, listen, I think you know we have a fresh pool of capital. We're very committed to uh, you know early stage investing, and uh, you know uh, we believe uh, the best is yet to come in India. Uh, we really have. Uh, you know, Ash and I bet our careers on this geography, you know, uh, 12, 13 years ago, and I've uh, never been more excited about the types of entrepreneurs that we're meeting and the opportunities that they're going after. And to see uh, now repeat entrepreneurs come out and having, you know, the, the whole cycle happen, you know, kind of uh, investment through exit happening more frequently and with, you know, uh, great outcomes. Uh, to me, it's a, it's um, something that we are uh, absolutely thrilled about and very excited to, to continue to be part of the ecosystem. Great. Well, 
Excellent uh, conversation, Suresh, and audience, thank you for listening. As you know, you can come to any uh, 1 million by 1 million free mentoring roundtable. Just go to the website and register, and we look forward to working with you on your projects. And we'll be back soon with another edition of the 1 million by 1 million podcast.